0: This is episode 32. You'll meet Taylor Tiemann, Esquire, a business and trademark attorney. She shares her journey from attorney at a firm to starting her own business and shares her new service, The Legal Miga. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos. It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please Subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate and today I have a very special guest and it's again someone I've never met before so we're meeting through, through video chat through this podcast as well so you're all meeting her too. You want to introduce yourself?
1: Yes. Thank you for having me. My name is Taylor Tiemann. I am a attorney for small businesses and entrepreneurs. So I help, um, I've helped a lot of female owned businesses. Actually, that's 95% of my clientele. Um, oh, good. And I was working in law firms and just kind of wasn't feeling, not being able to like pick my clients and just have that personal I guess connection with them. So I just started my own firm so I could help who I wanted to help, and it's been it's been really exciting.
0: That's amazing. I'm yeah. I'm pretty sure really really scary, but also yeah,
1: very probably scary. felt really
0: good too.
1: Yeah, still very scary, um, but it's it's worth it most of the time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations, and I understand. It takes a lot of courage. And yeah, so good for you. And I'm happy. I'm happy. I really Mm -hmm. hope that more people can see that once they really start living like their authentic self, then that's when the world actually makes sense.
1: Yeah. I'm very, I'm a super like conservative. I don't take risks ever. So, like, taking a risk by starting my own practice was really, really scary. And I was probably the last person that I thought would do something like that. But you just kind of get to a point where you're like, I I can't not be doing what I want to anymore.
0: Yeah. Well, congrats. You're (laughs) actually living your dream. So, yay. (laughs) Thank you. So I'm gonna start off with a little icebreaker to get to know you personally a little bit better. Um, what is your favorite food?
1: Food. I love, um, mojajete. Just like any, any, whatever's in it, any type of mocajete But I do like the cheese part. The melted cheese? <laughs> yeah. yeah. On
0: everything? Yeah. Okay, so for people who don't know what a mocahete is, can you explain it? I feel like I i'm
1: mexican and i had never had one until like a couple years ago
0: oh really oh okay Okay. yeah they they don't really sell them over here in the united states a lot Um, there are some places that do sell them but they're not
1: they're like and they're also pretty expensive in the restaurants in la at least so i just thought i had i just thought it was like a big appetizer thing and i never really tried but i tried it a couple years ago i feel like the best way to describe it is like kind of like hot salsa-ish in the moque mm. and then they have like the meats mm-hmm. either like carne asada or chicken or uh I know they usually have like the the nopales and mm-hmm. cheese and like scallion and then they give you tortillas on the side mm-hmm. so good so it's
0: like <laughs> carne nopales and queso all melted and everything meshing together in this salsa that's kind of bubbling because of the hot stone the hot molcajete and it makes it spicier doesn't hot salsa taste spicier like you yeah. feel it you feel it more deeper like oh <laughs>
1: it's like hot and spicy it's not just like cold spicy it's so good though I love- yeah
0: so what is your favorite color
1: uh coral like the pink pink orange mix coral
0: that's pretty color
1: I uh, never i was like never super girly when i was younger and then I just, like, picked up all these, like, really girly things. So, like, that's still my favorite color <laughs> for, like, the past 10 years. I actually painted my room that color a couple years ago. And everybody was like, is this your, is this, like, a baby color? What's going on? <laughs> but I love it.
0: Yeah, it's a- my favorite color has changed a lot, like throughout my whole life. It's weird. Ask me what my favorite color is. It depends on the day.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's true too.
0: So what's the most recent
1: book you've read? Um, oh, what was it called? It was for a book club for the We All Grow community. I think it was like something about the Dr- fruit of the drunken tree or something like that i'm totally probably butchering this i should probably look it well, up. Oh, i think i've heard of it yeah is that is, it, is that the right name what's it about it's about a girl i'm like i'm kind of like halfway through i'm behind on the book club the book club met already <laughs> the book. yeah it's called fruit of the drunken tree i haven't figured out if it's true or not um because I'm only like halfway through but it's about a girl that lives in Colombia with her family and then they bring in another young girl to kind of help them around the house and it just kind of goes through what's going on in Colombia at the time um and I think they eventually come to America but I'm not I think that's what I read on the back it's really good it's interesting hmm.
0: I like reading books like that I read a lot of books of, like, Isabel Allende, Gabriel Garcia Marquez, and Federico, Federico Garcia Lorca, and things like that. I like it where they talk about, like, what's going on and not just focus on the story, but, like, what's going on around them. Yeah, really important. yeah, at that
1: time. Yeah. It's good. I've been reading, I was reading too many, like, um businessy type books, like, practical books, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I needed a break from those. I just wanted to read a story about someone.
0: Yeah, go to a different time and place. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What's the last song you listened to?
1: Um, So, uh, oh my gosh, something by the Jonas Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) I was like obsessed with them in high school, college. I was probably too old to be obsessed with them, but I'm going to the concert next week. So I'm trying to remember all the lyrics <laughs>
0: So you're preparing for Jonah's Brothers
1: concert yeah, I'm am, I am pre- <laughs> like, that person that prepares For a concert <laughs> That's funny <laughs> <laughs> Well I had to convince My boyfriend to go with me And I was like I am I was such a big fan And so if I show up and don't know the words He's going to be like uh, Why are we here <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm, Yeah I know what you mean I know what you mean though prepare for a concert yeah so if you could meet one person dead or alive who would that be
1: Mm, like meet them for the first time
0: no for whatever whenever however
1: i always kind of want to i i would love to like meet my grandpa again because he passed away when i was i want to say like I think between like 10 and 13 and I mean I don't I don't have a lot of memories of him and I just kind of wish that I could go back and like meet him again because he was the he was he always kind of had like big grand aspirations for me and I feel like he would be the most proud of where I am today Hmm. and I would love to talk to him um all my other grandparents are actually passed away at this point but at least I knew them within the last like five years so we could talk discuss like they saw where my 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 career was going where my life has been going but I wish I could go back and talk to my grandpa
0: Hmm. yeah that's nice (laughs) um okay one more question tell us something that only a handful of people know about you Mm. And that you're willing to share with a lot more people. <laughs>
1: um, ooh. I've, I've actually been trying to, in an attempt to like be more vulnerable online with like my business and like allow people to see more about me. I've been more, I feel like I've been more open. Uh, but the other day I was at an event and we did like a two truths and a lie type deal And I was trying to think of what to say. And I feel like I tell people a lot about myself. (laughs) Um, Okay, so
0: let's dive right in and talk about cultural identity. So how do you self-identify?
1: So I am, well, when people ask what I am, I tell them I'm half and half. I tell them I'm half Mexican and half white bunch of different like white mixed things I think most of that my side is German um but I know that sometimes people use a million different terms interchangeably like I also use the word Latina I use the word Latina attorney a lot especially when I'm describing um I guess what I do and who my clientele mostly is um but I get I mean I even get confused because like using the term like Mexican American could mean so many different things but I just try and be like clear cut like I'm half and half (laughs) here's what one half is here's what the other half is like my mom's family was from Mexico my dad's family was from like the east coast and before that I think they I don't know I think I think that's mostly German I did one of those like DNA test things um Mm -hmm which was weird because it only came, it was like the percentages were strange, and they like take the root of what you are. But um, yeah, I think that, I hope that answered the question.
0: Yeah, no, it's about how you identify. Talking about cultural identity, it is, it can be a bit um, confusing because we hear labels and words all the time and most of the time we grow up being labeled
1: mm-hmm. like
0: labels being put on us um you know by society by the government by people around us by our own family members but that's why i asked this question because i think it's really important for us to take the time to really think about wait who am i like to myself
1: yeah Right. I, that's been that's been one of the things that since probably like law school has been a little bit of a struggle just because like I grew up not ever really late necessarily needing to label what I was and I, people would like people would ask me what I was just because I don't I look like they thought I looked like something so. They were like, oh, what are you? Are you like Asian? Are you like Hispanic? What are you? Um, but I never really felt the need to label. Um, and I know that there's probably a bunch of different reasons for that. But to me, like I grew up a certain way doing certain things. Like my mom is, our mom is full Mexican. So we, a lot of like my cultural identity, I feel like, stems from the mexican side because that's just i mean my mom was like head of household running everything so when it came to like holidays or celebrating with family it was usually there was more of a like a mexican influence on everything um but then you kind of realize okay i have this other side too and it's i to me i just feel like i'm mixed and I know both sides but other people often want to like label what I am and I'm like well I'm both it's hard to and I I find the need to to label what I am to other people just because they do get confused because I do have a white last name but I do I am a Latina but I also have like Latina clients and they get confused sometimes and they're like your last name sounds white um which it is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's been like confusing. And, and I'm still not struggling with it, but I'm definitely dealing with it. Um, but it's been, it's been kind of, I don't know the best word to describe it. But yeah, we like the, the, the labeling everyone and needing to like identify with a certain thing. There's so many strong opinions based on like certain ways that people identify themselves, even like, even if you identify yourself as one way, like, I know this is Hispanic heritage month, but I've seen online, there's like a bunch of people that have an issue with the term itself, Hispanic heritage month. And like, I'm kind of struggling, like, am I wording this the right way? Like I grew up with certain terms being used and like, Figuring out, you know, who is like what side views certain terms. It's it. I think the best word to describe it is confusing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely can be. And I, and one of the thing, one of the reasons why is I just think that there's not enough acceptance. Mm -hmm. There's no one right way to be. There's no wrong way to be either or to live. Everybody's experience is different. But one thing that I do think that is the most important when talking about our identity, or our culture, our cultural identity, or ethnicity—like even even those are the, <laughs> like what do we call it? Yeah, it's all different. Nationality, ethnicity, culture—they you know, they all mean different things to different people too. Yeah, um, but I think that at the root of it, there needs to be way more acceptance—acceptance mm-hmm. acceptance of ourselves and acceptance of other people—and. Uh, that's why I think it's really important to talk about that because especially for anybody who identifies Latina, Latino, Latinx, Hispanic, or uh, Mexican, Mexican-American, or Chicana, Chicano, or uh, Afro-Latina, or Afro-Latino, or anyone, or even you, half and half, or <laughs> Anybody who identifies anywhere along this whatever spectrum it is, um, this, there is a connection there, multiple mm-hmm. connections, and there is a community there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's important for us to have these conversations so that way we're not being labeled
1: yeah. in a way
0: we don't want to. But I feel like when, some, when, you, when we like self-identify, mm-hmm. it's like we're taking the power. Yeah, And we're also accepting ourselves and we're accepting, you know, who we are and we're part of this larger community.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Self-identifying is key and being confident in what you're identifying as. I think I had been identifying as something, but not really either being confident in it or... I guess probably just being confident enough in it. Cause I mean, I obviously have gotten like the, you aren't like Mexican, full Mexican enough. You're not something enough. And I understand, I'm just now, you know, being like grappling with understanding, just even white privilege and what that means to other people and to me. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a journey figuring it out and I'm finally getting more comfortable and confident self-identifying. Um, but yeah, if you can't feel confident in your own identification of yourself, then how are other people going to view you? You know, like they're, they're not gonna.
0: (laughs) It's a work in progress. It's hard to be, to put yourself out there and be confident, even, even to put yourself out there for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's hard to do that you know
1: yeah. but it gets
0: easier with practice
1: yeah and it has like I've been I didn't grow up um, my family didn't speak a lot of Spanish that has a lot to do with my grandmother and how she was her experiences in Texas in like yeah was, like, I
0: met a lot of people like that where they're like where it's like three different generations and mm-hmm. and speaking a language all affected them differently because of where they grew up and because of the laws
1: and like that yeah Yeah. it just wasn't like a i think there was a lot of uh everybody kind of just wanted to like assimilate quickly and just fit in with everyone so our family was one of those that like didn't put a heavy emphasis on keeping the spanish alive so now i'm trying to relearn it and i'm trying to be like authentic and honest with that with my community and my clients and some people are just like well you you have to learn it or you won't be successful and some people are like I don't know it either thank you for saying something so it's it's like I felt comfortable enough saying it and I was like oh my god everybody's gonna think it's think I'm like a, a fake or something and then other people mm-hmm. are coming forward and they're like I'm in the same position
0: yeah yeah. That's, that's the one thing about putting ourselves out there is that we're not alone. So like when we put ourselves out there, then we find other people with similar, uh, with relatable, you know, with connections with, yeah. you know, that we can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about your business. Okay. Like you already said that you are a lawyer. Yes. So can you tell us like, how did that all come about? You explained a little bit, um, how you wanted to get your you wanted to choose your own clients but can you yeah. tell us like how did your vision come about like what was your process and like what yeah you said yeah. 95% of your clients are women like how did that all come about
1: uh I had been I actually was working in a law firm up until just a couple months ago like July and I was, it did overlap that I kind of was trying to test out um, doing my own thing and ha- taking in my own clients. Um, but I was a little nervous and hesitant to take the leap. And then I spoke with, actually, she was a, I mean, she still has a friend, but she was a friend at the time and not a client yet. And she, uh, she she was a Pilates instructor of mine, and she we didn't she didn't know what I did for a living, and then it just came out one day, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, I have a million questions. Do you mind if I ask you?" And she was kind of already in the point in her business that she definitely should have already spoken to an attorney. At least I would have thought so. And I just was like, why were you like uncomfortable or did it seem like too expensive or what was the the problem? And she, it was like a combination of, you know, she just felt a little uncomfortable. Lawyers have a bad reputation sometimes. And it was, it's an expensive process. So I think being able to bridge that gap for her and be a friend in the process helped her and also helped me realize that. Sorry if my dog is barking. <laughs> Helped me realize that I, I have this legal knowledge. And there's a lot of people obviously that are attorneys, but I want I felt like I had another way of being able to help people and that I I could be like your friend and your attorney and explain it to you in a way that was not scary or you know it was approachable. Um yeah. So like I just, not,
0: not like cold and, and Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. But like if you, I mean, I, I was her, I mean, we're still friends. So to be able to kind of talk to somebody like a friend and not worry that they're going to like bill you for all your time. Um, that's kind of why I structured my firm the way it is. So I only charge like flat fee at the beginning. I don't do hourly billing, like a, like a lot of firms do, just because I wanted to feel comfortable, like charging one rate in the beginning, have my client be comfortable so that, you know, every time they speak to me, it's not like, wow, are they gonna charge me for just talking to them? Uh, So I kind of wanted to just be able to help female business owners and be there because I mean when I go to speak to other professionals, like I always kind of try and choose a female just because I feel more comfortable with them. Um and I know that we're equally as if not more capable than men in a lot of respects. So I try and choose female professionals. So I felt like there were people out there that maybe wanted to choose a female attorney but just like maybe didn't have access to one, didn't yeah. know one and didn't want to go like the law firm route and go through like a large big old process.
0: Yeah, it's intimidating. So how does your cultural identity affect the way you run
1: your business? I am a Latino-owned business myself, so um, I wanted to be able to help my community because I see that I mean even just if you're in if you're on in the online space and you see everything that we're doing and how creative we are um, and I just feel like we're not protecting ourselves as as much as we should maybe because there's a stigma around attorneys or just the law itself so I wanted to just kind of provide like an approachable way for people to even just be aware of things they needed to do legally for their business um, I mean, even when I'm looking on, to this day, when I'm when I help people with like trademarks, for example, I when I do the searches and I see that there's a lot of ways that we can grow as a community, even in just protecting like our intellectual property. It's I feel like there's a disconnect between our creativity and capitalizing on it sometimes. Yes. Legally. Yes. Um, so I just kind of wanted to be there because I mean, I've, like sometimes people just find it more comfortable speaking to somebody that kind of like knows their background, knows their culture and is able to understand them. And I've had a lot of clients that like do that need help. And they said that they were talking to either like Zoom or another type of attorney and they just didn't understand their business because they don't understand the culture. Yeah. And that's been really helpful in being able to help clients like, you know, I... I'm big on like astrology stuff and when they see that they're like, "Oh my gosh, you like you kind of get it. Like we we can connect on that and you're not just like a stodgy like office or a, an attorney in an office with like a suit that like we can connect on some similar things."
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It it always makes people feel more comfortable when they can relate to someone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They feel like some sort of connection. Yeah. So that's why I'm so happy you're doing this. And so you talked about uh, you talked about your business being accessible to re- to legal resources. But how easy or how difficult was it for you to find what you needed when you started your business?
1: Um, I had to do a lot of research, <laughs> and I actually do. I have a very not large. but I have a pretty good network of friends that also have their own law firm. So I was able to kind of ask them what they did. But I mean I've oh, good. Made, yeah. But like I've made I've made mistakes in opening my own business. Um like Every Everything except the legal to me is brand new, just because if you, like I was at law firm, so we just focused on the law and writing briefs and like researching. We don't deal with the money. We don't deal with marketing. We don't deal with anything. All of that was, I'm definitely still learning and I'm just, I'm trying to be resourceful with who I know and who I can ask for help, but who? But I, I knowing that you need to probably be respectful of their time and not just like <laughs> take what you can um but yeah being being resourceful with your connections even if it's just like you know knowing someone who knows somebody who can maybe help you or finding it online um but I'm I'm like in the same boat as a lot of my clients where they just are inundated of with everything they need to do for their business I'm like I'm right there with you I can do the legal for you but everything else it's been it's been a challenge figuring it out i'm still figuring it out but it's it's hard to own your that's what it's like
0: to be a business owner figuring (laughs) it out every day right
1: yeah it's a lot of that
0: and now i'd like to take a little break we are milestones of love a husband and wife wedding videography team Our love story started working together at a production studio, doing what we love. We started our own business to specialize in what we value most in our lives, love. There are so many milestones in life and we want to capture them all. Our priority is to tell your story. We are fun, creative, and really enjoy capturing and telling wedding stories. We look forward to capturing your milestones of love. Listen to their story, on episode seven of this podcast. Follow them on Instagram at Milestones of Love and visit their website, milestonesoflove.com. Okay, so switching gears a little bit, let's talk about technology. What's your favorite technological tool that you use for your
1: business? I use Instagram heavily. I'm on there all the time, whether that's for, um, posting and just getting content up there. Um, and I also use it as a tool to connect with clients that find me. So I do, I don't pay, I don't invest a lot in marketing right now. I've been able to use Instagram, mm-hmm.
0: um,
1: pretty yeah. successfully. Um, I mean, obviously I'm looking to build on you know different ways that I can market myself. I'd have to be careful cuz attorneys have like advertising rules, but um Instagram has been very key in how mm. I've been able to meet some of my clients.
0: Um well that's how we met. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we also met in the in the spiritual Facebook.
1: Group. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so like like all, yeah. People... Facebook and Instagram have been fantastic. Yeah. For meeting people, um, not even not even just clients, like people that like I've met people in those groups that like can help me, um, just with like marketing and things like that. You know, even just being in groups like that, Facebook groups have been great because you even if you just like scroll through mindlessly and read stuff, you're learning as you're scrolling. Um, mm. That's helpful.
0: Yeah. So, can okay, you? Uh, Talk a little bit about uh, your new membership,
1: uh, your membership service. Yeah. So I just launched my Legal Mega membership a couple weeks ago. And- I like that
0: name, Legal Miga. Yeah. That's totally.
1: <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> That's a-
0: it's a total <laughs> cultural, you know, a cultural branding thing. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, it was like, I didn't even, it kind of, I kind of stumbled across it. Cause I was like thinking of like, do you need a legal Amiga? And then I was like, wait, why don't I just combine them? And I was like, I hope this makes sense. <laughs> so um, yeah, the, it's a legal services subscription. So it works kind of the same way as like any subscription that you're a part of, you get charged a monthly fee. And then there's a couple different tiers where you know you pay a certain amount to receive certain services. Um, I have three different tiers. I have one base level tier that's like very super affordable. I think it's fifteen dollars. Um, but the other three tiers, they do go up in price because that does allow you access to me um, frequently. And I wanted to create the membership because I found that I kept having consultations with clients and they like more than half of the time they would tell me like, okay, I got all my questions hopefully ready for you. Or, you know, I wrote everything down this morning. So hopefully I can ask you everything. And I only, I mean, I do offer free consultations, um, but that's only like 15, 20 minutes. After that, you know, we're usually either starting service that I'm going to help you with, or we're starting a project. But I felt like these business owners had so many questions that I can't cover even in 15, 20 minutes, or even like if we spoke an hour every day for a week. So I wanted to create something where you could pay a certain amount per month. And then you could just email me with whatever questions you have that come up um, because quite honestly, you can only plan for a certain number of things, and if things happen by surprise, you don't want to say like, "Well, I just paid this attorney to talk to them last week. Do I want to have to pay her again? How worth it is this to me?" Um, so I just wanted to be able to allow people affordable access to me, especially because as a, as a small business owner or entrepreneur, you're always getting hit with things where you're like, "What is this? Is this legal? Do I need help with this? Like, how big of a deal is this?" and and it's just, it's been helpful for people that have signed up and, and, you know, are, are asking questions. The people that are enrolled in the membership ask me questions all of the time. Um, and so, even... Okay.
0: If- so that's what I was going to ask. Like, okay, so you most, you're the most affordable tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said it was like 15 or $20 a month, something like mm-hmm. that, right? And then what... But Sorry, the... P-
1: The the most, well, the first tier is kind of like just a one payment and you receive my legal guide for small businesses. You also receive uh, 50% off a brand exam, which is like a one hour phone call where we discuss everything legal about your business. And then you also receive access to my online community for small businesses and entrepreneurs. So that's like the base level um, one-time payment. And then. Okay, okay, okay. I see it here. Yeah. Other three. $15. The other three, I believe they're between ninety nine and one seventy nine a month, mm-hmm. and that gets you you know you can email me whenever you want. Um, if there's a project that I need to help you with that is gonna take like longer than an hour, I'll let you know. But usually it's questions like, do I need this license? Do I need this permit? You know, is this something I can trademark? Is this something I can protect? Um, and that stuff I can answer really quickly, and then we can see, you know, how how we go about doing that. And then for me to help you with that service, you get, I believe it's like between ten and fifteen percent off. Um, so you get unlimited consultations with me. So any legal questions you have, you can you can email me like once a day, once a week, however often you want. And then the uh, two highest tiers also include document review. So I'll review a contract for you and provide my revisions. Um, and that's usually, usually for me to review a contract by itself. If you're not part of the membership, it's usually at least 250 um, So if you're in the membership, you get access to me and I'll review up to 10 to 20 pages for you of documents and make revisions.
0: So, okay. So like a business, like myself, I'm a business strategist. I, um, I get hired by clients. And so they're just like one-on-one, like right now I actually don't have any actual official contracts, but in the future, like, obviously I want to get more and more and more clients. And I was thinking about this. I'm like, I think I should have some sort of like, once I receive payment or something, some sort of like, agreement or this is an agreement or, or maybe when they pay me, like you're agreeing to this. Um, I was thinking about that. I'm like, so a business like myself, would it be wise to, I mean, I think it definitely would be wise to get one of these, right. But like, would it be okay to do the $99 a
1: month one? Yeah. So if you, so that would include like, we would talk about, you know, what type of agreement you want. And then we would work on an agreement for you. That's, and you would get, if you want me to draft it for you, you would get 10% off of that. And then if you needed, if you needed to tweak it at all, um, or if you're like, you know, does this person need this, need to sign this agreement? Or, you know, this person is saying that they, disputing the charge or like this person's disagreeing with this part of the agreement like you can ask me all of that for free. So once we get you know the agreement together, then any issues you either have with your agreement or any legal issues at all. So if you decide you know like I want to look into an LLC like what does that mean for me? Hmm. email back and forth and you can say and I you know we talk about the the licenses you might need, the permits you might need that are involved with the LLC
0: and how long are these memberships like i know they're monthly but is there like a minimum amount of time or or like could there's, I there's,
1: there's a three-month commitment okay. on all of them um except for the 15 yeah the 15 is a one time payment but the mm-hmm. other three tiers are a three-month commitment um but the top two tiers it doesn't limit like you you receive i think the top tier you receive 20 pages of document review per month so if you were to sign up for the top level tier you end up getting like 60 pages of document review that you can keep and in the
0: three in the three months
1: yeah yeah. and if you even like that's that could be like 60 divided by most contracts are like five to seven pages yeah 60 I don't know I'm terrible at math Sixty divided. that's like
0: that's about 10 10 contracts
1: so if you if you for example are a business strategist a business coach and you have like five to 10 clients once we've figured out an agreement for you um, if you're in say like the top level tier you'll get you know 20 pages a month so that's probably three to four different contracts when your clients are coming in that should cover all the agreements with your clients that I can take a look at them so like if your client, if you give it to your client and your client comes back with their own changes you're gonna hopefully bring them to an attorney and be like is this okay and mm. in the membership I will look at it for you we'll edit it and it's included and we'll send it back and forth
0: yeah so yeah i think this is this is really really great i think this membership is really great i think you're making an attorney like yourself a latina attorney uh, um, accessible you're making the resources accessible everything i love it i think it's great and i do think that legal services and um business business services um, um business services And like personal coaching, maybe like life coaching or or self, any type of like self care, self growth, self improvement. I think those are three very, very, very important things that every single business owner should consider into their monthly expenses as a business.
1: Yeah, because think, yeah. if you're
0: not taking care of yourself, and you're not taking care of your legal issues, and you're not taking care of working on your business and, and continuing to uh, create systems that make your business sustainable, like to mm-hmm. grow sustainable without you know you know crumbling or falling, then then you can prevent things like um, burnout mm-hmm. and then having to like you know, prevent burnout, prevent having to close up shop because you're not taking care of yourself mm-hmm. or preventing having to close up your shop because of some legal thing. Like yep. those are, those I think are three things that even I myself don't have. I just started to, like, I actually just started, um, paying for a personal coach, like for mm-hmm. myself Yeah. and I'm, I'm, very very soon i'm pretty sure gonna be part of the legal mega hey, myself awesome. and then um you know i think i i do i do work with other people i do have friends that i talk to about business stuff for myself but i mean i'm a business strategist and i'm telling people to hire me for your business like i need to hire someone <laughs> to help me you know yeah. too um, yeah so what i think it's really 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 important and i'm so happy that you're making it accessible and I really hope that people understand the value
1: in having access to an attorney. Yeah. It's um it's I mean investing in legal is important and a lot of people kind of skip over it just because it's kind of expensive in the beginning, which it is sometimes, but it's gonna it be could
0: be expensive way more.
1: Yeah, it could <laughs> be way don't. more expensive down the line. So I'm trying really to make it affordable to at least talk to me so if you are if you like most of the time people are really good with their gut instinct and if you have if you're concerned about something like and you email to me and we talk about it that's better than you just ignoring it and we never talk about it so you know it's kind of like peace of mind you're paying to be able to just have access to me, even if it's not a legal question. Like I'm gonna let you know it's not a legal question, but here's what I did in that situation. Like I'm not just gonna be like, nope, sorry, go away. If it's mm. not a legal question, yeah, um, it's good to even just like yeah, I'm also a business owner, so like I've been there, opening bank accounts and not knowing what I was doing, opening separate bank accounts for my business than my personal. And yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty accessible the uh, the membership and even just like online you know I try and be as helpful as I can but at the end of the day we all gotta get paid for what we know yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day everybody's gonna get paid yep <laughs> so okay so talking about how you are a new business owner um I'm just gonna throw it out there if you had no constraints would you start another business and what would it be
1: I probably would. And I, well, actually that's an interesting question because my, my boyfriend and I are looking into, well, he's already kind of started it, but doing like the, um, the Amazon FBA, the fulfilled by Amazon. Mm. Um, I'm very confused by it. I'm (laughs) he's, he's kind of like researching and figuring it out, but I know a lot of people make, they make a living like just a true living just doing that um, so we've been kind of looking into it. I'm of course like trying to make sure everything's like legally compliant before I do anything with it. Um, yeah but yeah I, d- I definitely would There's so many perks to being able to work for yourself and like make your own schedule and just feel just feel like free with what you're what you're doing and how you want to go about operating your business. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that could potentially go wrong. And for me that I've hit a lot of things that have gone wrong, but it's not, I haven't gotten scared yet. And not, I haven't gone back to a law firm yet.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I, I totally understand what you mean. Like I quit my day job a few months ago and I'm just like, there's always a possibility for me to just get a day job again. But like right now, yep. I'm-
1: <laughs> it's always there. Like it's always going to be there. But if I feel like if you don't test out what you want to do and try it, especially if you've, you're already in it, you're going to regret not trying, you know, and putting everything into it.
0: Yeah. Yep. So, okay. So I'm happy to say that. I'm happy that you said that you would, because that's one of the things that I I've realized is that once you know how to open one business, then it's, very similar the the steps are similar to open a business you know it's just every Mm -hmm. business is different like once you know how to run a business and make it successful Mm -hmm. then you know it's like repeat I I want to say about like 14 years ago I went to this conference Uh, I went to this conference called um secrets of a millionaire mind Mm -hmm. and I mean I got a lot out of it um I'm not a millionaire yet, but But there are things that I've learned that people who do have that millionaire mindset have. Like, for example, once you know how to do something, it could be anything, but when you know how to do something and it is successful, then you just repeat it. Mm -hmm. Just take that concept, take the system because it's it's, it's like a system that you've created, right? Like creating a business and running a business. It's a system of processes, right? As a business owner, they're just, it's processes and they're tasks that you have to do deal with, or you have to execute every single day, every single week, every single month. Right? So once you go through that, you created a system to make the business run. Yeah. And once you understand how you're making your business run, how you're making it successful. And you can take the same processes and the same system and then start a different business and then start a different business. So it's just, it's repeat. So it's like find what works and then repeat it and do it somewhere else and make that successful and then repeat it and doing somewhere else. And now all of a sudden you have three successful running businesses that are working for you instead of you working for your business. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's one thing that I've realized. And that's why I, um, my goal is to tell all business owners is to make sure to take time to work on your business so that you can make your business run successfully instead of working in your business a hundred percent of the time like yes we all have to work in our business and work for our business but then once you we once we set up systems to make the business run mm-hmm. it should be able to
1: run on its own yeah that's really true i mean even if you look at like just having the mindset because if you look at even like on a global level of huge companies like ceos of companies hop industries all of the time but the mm-hmm. reason they're able to do that is because they have the mindset and then they're just they have a bunch of their own companies running for themselves too and it I, it's true it's definitely a mindset and learning the strategy and process for it i have a friend i don't know if you follow her if she follows you but she has like three different companies she's running and I'm just like, wow. And I guess she's been doing, I think the first one for like over 10 years. And then she's just started uh, the other ones and they're totally different industries. And it's, I'm like, wow, how do you, how did you do that? But it makes sense. If it's just like a mindset, you figure out what works, you have like your plan and you can just, you know, try something, try something different.
0: And that's why certain people are running the world because of the <laughs> mindset that we have that they have and yeah. I'm not saying let's all go and have that that mindset that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is wouldn't it be great if Latinas like us could take the best parts of some of the best mindsets out there and apply it to us and then we can be Latinas and women of color ruling the world
1: yeah (laughs) I mean we are as Latinas I feel like we are some of the best investigators of everything (laughs) so like we all have capability like just turn that into like research and how finding out like everything you possibly can about running your business and I mean, a lot of it's just like knowledge and willingness to act on it, and we are so. I f- I forget. I don't know. I hear. I researched the stats, and I hear them all the time. But I think we are definitely the most entrepreneurial section of like anybody, any other demographic.
0: Like, we are. What you know, I mean, are. I think it. I I don't think it's a coincidence that uh, Latina women are the most underpaid. And we're the fastest growing group of business owners and entrepreneurs. I don't think there's, I think there's a huge correlation. Like, yeah. why am I going to go get paid 53 cents on a dollar to work for someone else? Where if I'm going to get paid 53 cents on a dollar, then I'd rather be creating that one dollar yeah. and paying myself 53 cents, right? Or me deciding where the dollar comes from. Like, obviously I want to get paid like
1: <laughs> 80 cents on the dollar,
0: but I'm going to create that. I will get there. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But no, I totally agree that, you know, if we take a look at just our uh, communal social behaviors, I'm like, I'm not a metiche. I'm not nosy. I'm an investigator. I just exactly. like to ask questions and know things. <laughs> I'm not a chismosa. I'm sharing information. I'm marketing. I'm communicating with people about exactly.
1: Things. We're just like twisting <laughs> these labels and making them, <laughs> making people see what we're actually really good at instead of, you know, it's not, it's not cheese, Like, we're sharing like what she did so that I know what she did so I could either do the same thing or do it better we work together like yeah it's, all, we're all it's,
0: more... it's learning to break down the some of the barriers too that we have learned to create like being jealous of each other and things mm-hmm. like that is more like how could we turn that into supporting one another
1: yeah there's just but... like, there's too many of us that are doing too many amazing things for us to just like not work together and like conquer everything and the like I always think of stats when I think of this stuff I saw something about if we all just invested in each other's businesses we I wish I knew the stat it would be much oh my
0: god I know what you're talking about yeah Yeah. but that's why one of my goals (laughs) is to start a Latina venture capitalist firm so we could all be investing in each other's businesses helping and supporting each other grow and then we're, the money is all flowing all around us instead of going somewhere else to get money. Yeah,
1: exactly. And that's my, I try and make that clear when, at least as far as like intellectual property and owning things in your business, like if you want to ever be able to license out your name to somebody, you have to own it and you have to own the trademark to it. So if you want to get to that point where people are asking you to use your name and campaigns and Partnerships and anything like that. Like, you have to own it first. And then we work towards, like, all right, now how much money are you going to make off that partnership or that collaboration or anything like that? And it's, I really want us to, like, have more so we can keep earning more. So, like, I
0: read somewhere that the average millionaire has seven sources of income.
1: Wow. So, seven,
0: the average millionaire has seven sources of income. Wow. So if you own a business right now, that's one source of income. But I mean, I'm talking about like... I'm like
1: panicking. Where's I'm, my
0: 6? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Like, seriously. Oh, I was just like, at first when I was like, I read that when I had my day job and I'm just like, oh my God, I only have one source of income and is working for someone else. Like if I continue to live this life, I'm never going to be a millionaire. And I'm like, and, and I just, I want to be clear that I, I am going to be a millionaire and I, stri- and I'm striving to be one. And that is something that's really hard. That was really, really hard for me to say like a couple of years ago, like, yeah. I did not feel that I had the worth to be able to be a millionaire. And that took a lot of like self, self-healing for myself. And, um, and I don't want to be a millionaire. So I could be I mean, I don't know, right now, like I have a distorted, I think of a millionaire, and I literally think of an old white man. Like, yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm gonna be a a brown woman millionaire. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm like, a lot of these things are just like, uh, anyway, things that we all need to go through. But yeah. One of the reasons that really pushed me to be like, okay, I do want to be a millionaire is because I can see the value in how I can support other people, other businesses. I can support a community. I can support not only my household, but contribute to supporting um, so many households. You know, if we really do create a, there's like a weird white. Spider just crawled on my desk. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> anyway, if we really do create a f- venture capitalist firm with Latinas, like what we do with our money is going to be our, our world is going to look so different than when there's a venture capitalist firm of white men yeah. or even white women.
1: Yeah, we're so powerful. And uh, I mean, you're even doing it now with the podcast, you're sharing your knowledge with people. Oh, thank even- you. Even if you're not, I mean, we're not millionaires yet, but like sharing the knowledge that you have and things, I didn't, had no idea there's seven sources of income for each millionaire. Like I'm going to go look up what else I need to be doing. Oh, uh,
0: real estate investment, stock exchange, like bonds, um, investing in other people's businesses, like right there, that's for owning your own business. It's several businesses, like, like, we said earlier like just two different things um also just interest like also loaning money like <laughs> you can loan yeah. money yeah. you're 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 making your money work for you
1: yeah that's true yeah, that's, that's a really important one
0: right there that's five six and then also do what you love what you're passionate about yeah. that's really important that's another source of income there's six there's seven right there do a collaboration, a partnership with someone else. So you're part yeah. owner of something there, the seven sources of
1: income, go, go get them, <laughs> go do it now. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, even like sharing that, I think even if you're just like thinking about starting a business and you're like, I don't know where to start. I, a lot of times I just would look at other people like I'm in the legal industry but I follow a lot of people in a lot of other industries because while they're not doing the exact same thing there's a lot of similarities and parallels and if somebody else is doing one thing you can just see what they're doing research how they're doing it or just ask them I've asked so many people just like basic questions not to ask like for free information if that's what they do for a living but a lot of people will share, like when people ask me how I opened my own firm, I'm more than happy to like hop on a call and talk about it. Um, You know, asking people how they did what they did. So many people are super, super nice and will give you information, just really helpful information. So I think it's just like reaching out to people, watching what other people are doing.
0: Yeah. That's actually when people ask me, like, oh, I've been thinking about doing, um, starting my own business. Like, when when I really get to that point, then I'll contact you. And I always tell them, like, look, if you really are thinking about starting a business and you know what you want to start, go to whatever social media, go online, go to Google, go to Instagram, and just start searching for businesses similar to the one you want to start. Mm -hmm. And that gives you a good starting point. So you can see what do you like, what you don't like, you know, start getting to know them, get to know their services, their products, and get to know like, what are they doing? And then figure out, figure out, this is good for you. This is not good for you. And just start gauging how you're going to start, you know, start making decisions on how you're going to start. And that's how you start a business. Yeah. by making decisions.
1: Yeah. That's a that business. I followed a bunch of attorneys that do that are in a similar space to what I'm doing. Um I would love to say that I had this idea on my own and fully just went into it 100%, but I was nervous and I was really hesitant and I talked with attorneys that did it and they were like, "You know what? It's doable, it's hard, but and they all shared very very helpful crucial information with me and it's it's a good idea to just kind of check out who's doing what you want to do. It, I mean, you need to anyway, because at some point, if you're successful enough, you're going to be like on the same level of competitor status. So you want to know what your competitors are doing to see how you can be better, to see if you can work with them. So like, that's why I feel like Instagram is so, it's been really important for me and my growth and I know that there's i'm that's just the platform i'm comfortable with and know the best but i know there's a million other different ways you can like reach out and network with people i do want to take more adv- advantage of facebook and we're just lucky to be in this world where like I could sit in my house and make like five new connections a day and we can plan a collaboration. And I did it like from my kitchen counter. It's (laughs) crazy. (laughs) Like we found each other on Instagram. Yeah, Crazy to know that like however many years ago we would have had to like meet at a networking event and then like figure something out. But it's, it's crazy. Or we would have never met. I know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy.
0: So I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story and share about yourself and where can people find you? Do you have a website? You say you're on Instagram. What, what is your Instagram name?
1: My I'm on Instagram like all the time, unless I'm doing, obviously unless I'm doing work for clients, I'm on there just because I'm the only one right now. Um, posting and doing all my content. So if you reach someone on there, it will be me and I'll either be able to answer a question for you or tell you like we should take this to a phone call. Um, So I'm on there. My handle is Taylor M Teeman underscore ESQ. And then my website is also in my bio on my Instagram. It's ww.tmanlaw.com. I'm also I also have a business facebook page which i'm still trying to figure out but i'm accessible on the hmm. um but yeah i'm on instagram and where are you physically located i'm in torrance okay California, and i am um my, i have a home office but i will meet people in person if you want but i just find with la traffic it's easier for us to just maybe email back and forth or hop on a phone call or do like a, a Zoom or Skype type thing. Um, mm-hmm. But
0: yeah. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thank and you. I'm excited to be part of the Legal Me- the legal MIGA membership very, very soon.
1: <laughs> so, I'm excited to have you.
0: Yeah. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it and hope you have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.